I think bowl season is a wonderful time to be a college football player. Let's just say if it was a New Year's Day bowl, you would have a Christmas meal with your team. And uh, maybe Santa Claus would show up and give a, uh, a bowl gift out, which the bowl gifts are really nice. It's, you know, sweats and, and uh, maybe some electronic gear, you know, an uh, iPad or a, uh, maybe a, a new phone. But I want you to know, there was never a bowl game that you played in that you remembered well that you didn't win. So the key piece to this week is victory, period. Should you finish second in a game, those sweats, you just never put them on again. And, you know, some T-shirt with a monogram of the bowl that you visited, suddenly that T-shirt doesn't look near as good. And I'm really thankful that there's 40 bowls, the, the... the first time I've ever heard of this bowl, Camping World Bowl. You want me to tell you what? I don't care if they called it the Bullwinkle Bowl. I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me a lick because you were going to find a, a very worthy opponent at the end of that time, and you were going to settle a score, and that score is going to determine victory. And, man, that's a reason to play. <laughs> I'm Les Miles, and this is Less Is More. Along the the bowl game thoughts, I can remember my last time playing college football was in the Orange Bowl against Oklahoma in Florida. And I always fancied myself as a physical player and a guy that really would be pretty athletic and could get his hands on a guy. And uh, But uh, Leroy Selman was the defensive tackle that I ran into during that time. And I didn't run into him. That was the problem. If I could have run into him, I may have blocked him some, but I could not have run into him. He was too athletic, and he danced around me. I I was very fortunate that the ball got off the few times that we threw the football. But uh, so, Smacker Miles, I bet you you got some bowl uh, experiences. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the playoffs are really exciting, and I am for them fully but it's kind of weird to see less of an emphasis on the bowl games because that was my childhood and it was something we always looked forward to. And honestly, something that we probably took a little bit for granted just because we thought that every team went to a bowl game because we went to a bowl game every year, pretty much. I mean, obviously every year at LSU and then even the last few years at Oklahoma State, a bowl game was how you ended your year. And it was kind of a celebration of dad's hard work Dad was staying up late to work, and we were coming back from hanging out with other staff kids and seeing the players and going to the pep rallies. And so Dad would ask what we did that day, and we kind of knew Dad worked. But we went to the zoo, and we went ice skating, and we went to the mall, and we went to all these activities that were planned just for us. And it always was exciting to see how happy that made Dad. 
and he he would get a big smile out of hearing what we did on our day that he had obviously earned for us. Bulls are magical. Santa Claus always showed up, and <laughs> I remember being worried. The kids would talk about it, but it's incredible, and I hope that the emphasis can still remain somewhat on these bowl games because they are very special and there's a big place for them in college football. John Wangler, you have two sons that uh, that play in bowl games. You played in bowl games. Um, you, uh, you, you've been a father and a player in bowl games. So why don't you give I us – I coached in a bowl game with you. That's, that's ex- the, ex- uh, exactly right. Blue Bonnet Bowl. No doubt about it. So go ahead. Give us – Yeah, it's it, – it's really a bowls are really a reward for a great season for the players and coaches and their families and uh, echoing everybody's sentiments. I think uh, it is a special time and it's uh, you know when I was playing as a player, we went to four Rose Bowls out of five years and one Gator Bowl uh, and we finally uh, won a bowl game uh, my fifth year and it was our first Rose Bowl win for Bow and that was a a magical season and just being at the Rose Bowl, uh, I thought that was part of our birthright to, to play in that game and be the Big Ten champ. And, and the way they treat you at the Rose Bowl, you're, you're treated like a king. And it, it's, it's an experience you never, ever forget. And then, uh, you know, going there as a coach with, with you in Houston at the, at the at Blue Bonnet Bowl when everybody else got cowboy boots and hats and buckles and they wouldn't give it to the GAs. You and I never quite You're still that bitter, one. John. You are still, still bitter. bitter. As you can see, 35 years later, we're still bitter. Uh, and, and then, you know, my kids, and this will be Jack's last college football game down there in Tampa. And, um, you know, we've been to every bowl game and, you know, watched, and it's, it'll be bittersweet. You know, uh, you have to adjust your Christmases and everything, but the, the coaches do a good you know, deal letting the kids have a few days off before they take them down there and uh, try to work around so that there is some family time. But you're just thankful. And as Smack said, you think it's your your birthright to go to a bowl, but there's a lot of teams that aren't going to bowl games. And I agree with you. You know, <laughs> the, there's 40 bowl games, and that's that's fine because it it's a reward for hard work and uh, it's a springboard for the next season, really. Yeah, I agree. The uh... It's a great time. It's it's the season. It's Christmas. It's um, you know the fellowship of a team. It's uh, family, and and it's 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 awfully important. Let's start to preview this year's bowl games. We have a pretty rare matchup in the Oklahoma State versus Virginia Tech Camping World Bowl. And they haven't played since 1972, so this should be an interesting one. Well, I want you to know I am for Camping World Bowl. First of all, I think that you should take some time and look at the sleeping bags that the Camping World Bowl is producing. I think if they have a great tent, that you should seriously consider the the buying of the tent because Camping World is is investing in college football, that youth of America. And I'm for Camping World. And, in fact, I would camp. If they invited me to come to the bowl, I would camp alongside the other people that would go to the bowl in Camping World camping attire. Okay. I just figured I'd start with that. So, Oklahoma State's passing game gets all their love, but they actually have a great tandem running game between Justin Hill and DJ King. 
So these are underclassmen, and then they'll graduate Mason Rudolph and James Washington. So how do you see this game as kind of the past versus the future? Well, first of all, um, I'm thinking Mason Rudolph, who's thrown for 4,500 yards and and the the great offense of balance with the ability to run the football um, and, and Mike Gundy's opportunity to to score he scores 46 points a game um i uh me personally i think uh i think it's a uh, oklahoma state opportunity even though bud foster on the defensive side is is really good but if they don't have a rushing attack to keep the ball i don't know that they i don't know that they have enough to beat um oklahoma state what do you think john you know, I, I haven't picked Oklahoma State all year, and I'm picking them in this game. I, I believe they got too much offense. Uh, I love Josh Jackson, Freddie Jay's son, a uh, freshman quarterback there at Virginia Tech. But, you know, they haven't played great the last three games. And I just think, uh, like you said, with what Oklahoma State has and Mason Rudolph, and they got the great wide receivers, uh, I just think they, they got too much offense. And uh, Virginia Tech's got to be real careful that they don't want to get into a track meet with Oklahoma State. Uh, and, and look, at this uh, matchup of two good coaches, Mike Gundy and Justin Fuente. Uh, but I, I think what's going to happen is uh, Oklahoma State will, uh, will prevail in this one. I agree. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking Oklahoma State too. Smack. I'm with you both. That's three for three Oklahoma State on that one. Let's get into the Holiday Bowl, Michigan State versus Washington State. Washington State is a 2.5-point favorite. I, li- I like the, the Michigan State Spartans. I like Mark D'Antonio's um, style of football. He's going he's gonna to push the ball on the ground and have great play action. He will work third downs hard. Uh, I like their quarterback in Lewerke. He's a 2,500-yard, uh, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Not great, but but very, very good. And uh, beat Michigan, beat Penn State. And now they're at the Holiday Bowl, which is a great venue and a, a big-time place. And Washington State, you, may not, you might not know this, John, played in the Holiday Bowl last year and lost to Minnesota. So that holiday bowl and with the idea that they lose their top two receivers that's my pick of the week in fact the washington state team is viewed as a two and a half point favorite i am ensuring your wagers on the michigan state team i just want you to know call in quickly and and, because i can only ensure your your bets to about a hundred dollars and then after that you're on your own I think D'Antonio is going to have him ready to roll, and I think the uh, I think it's going the exact other way for Washington State. With Mike Leach being about to accept that Tennessee job before the athletic director change, and the team knowing that, how do you think that'll affect the team in this game? I, I think um, that'll be maybe a minor factor. I, I think the fact they lose their two top wideouts. Tavares Martin Jr. and Isaiah Johnson Mack for this bowl game. Um, I think that's going to have maybe even a bigger effect. Uh, I do think 
you know, you could have made a strong case for Coach D'Antonio being the coach of the year after that three and nine turnaround to, to be nine and three, and he he beat Michigan and, and Penn State this year, so he did a fantastic job up there. They're going to run the football. I like you, like the quarterback and the work. He's done a great job. Uh, they're going to play defense. They're going to run the ball. Um, I'm going to you know have less cover my my small wager because this is his lock of the year. And um, I think Michigan State is going to prevail in that game. They were a little unhappy that they didn't get a chance to go down and have a New Year's Day Bowl in Tampa. And I think there'll be some uh, a fuel for them on that situation as well. But in the end, uh, I just think Michigan State is going to, going to pound them pretty good. Here's an interesting thing. Smack, you brought something up that I didn't think about. Here's a guy who was profiling himself to be the next head coach at, at Tennessee. And if it really kind of depends on how he handles that with his team to see if, in fact, they, they're, they're really responsive to him. Now, they, they've lost their two top receivers, and frankly, they're going to be playing a very physical. I mean, one thing about it, if you're playing a finesse team and, you know, basically the ball's in the air and you're playing balls over your head and you can, um, you know, knock it away. or you know, But when you're having to tackle big backs that are physical, snap after snap after snap, you have the potential to make a decision not to step in there. And I, uh, I, and especially if you, if there's not a great cohesiveness between the head coach and the, uh, the, uh, football team. So I, I agree with you. I think that makes another reason a, a, a smack. You're going to get to, you're going to mm-hmm. get money down for me. I know you live in Dallas right now. We, you, I know, you know, a couple of bookies, I'm, 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 I, I gotta, I gotta give you a hundred bucks. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to bet. I'm putting my less is more paycheck on the game. Well, maybe, okay. Maybe not a hundred bucks, maybe 10 bucks. <laughs> my podcast paycheck. Hey, you're going to all that money, all that money. Are you kidding me? Smack? Jeez. You better keep that thing in the bank. Um, but I'm going, but I'm dropping I'm my, you. I like- I'm dropping my, my bet to 10 bucks. So you got, so you guys in the perimeter understand. <laughs> I'm like you guys, though. I think that this Michigan State team has really rallied this year, and I think that there's probably a little bit of drama, a little bit of a rift with Mike Leach and the team. I watched a really inspired LSU team after a have a great day, I'm staying with my team speech, and so I just wonder how that affects the team. And I just think that the Michigan State team might be a little more together, like we said with some of the Washington State injuries, but I just like this Michigan State team as more of a unit than the Washington State team. Let's get to the Alamo Bowl, Stanford versus TCU in San Antonio. Dad and I have been to that bowl a few times, huh? Correct. Absolutely. It's a nice, it's a really TCU's nice city. It's a 2.5 point favorite as well. Stanford's ranked 15th in the country and TCU's ranked 13th. Well, if the if Bryce Love is back healthy, um, I like the, the what could be the, the, the smart physical play of the Stanford secondary. Um, I think Kenny Hill for TCU is extremely good. Um, I think they lose to OU based on the fact that the difference is, is, is in athleticism of the two teams. I think Stanford, although loses, loses um, prospects to 
um, athletic teams and teams that play great football, but not they don't lose prospects to uh, academic institutions. And I think that that still gives them an advantage. TCU is very similar. Um, Gary Patterson and David Shaw both do a great job in, in maintaining their identity. David Shaw's a two-back, put in another tight end, pound you, and if you want to load the box, they're going to block one of those guys inside and go the long haul quickly. And, um, and, I, think, and I think Gary Patterson is a great defensive coach. And with Kenny Hill at, at, at quarterback, to make them very dangerous. And it's, I'm I'm picking Stanford, but it's really a it's really much more of a toss up than you than you would think. I, I think it's a pick 'em too. I'm going to lean towards Stanford. Um, I just think again, if, if Bryce Love is healthy and can do what he he does, and then Costello's had a nice job since taking over. Uh, 11 TDs to two interceptions, uh, 1,300 yards passing. Nice job managing that offense. Um, you know, they're both conference runner-ups, who, which, you know, there's, uh, there's some hunger left there to go out and prove something here. And uh, I just believe that they're going to uh, prevail. But it's going to be a tight, tight game. I, I like TCU. Kenny Hill is going to face a tough defense. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, how he responds. But, uh uh, Stanford has not uh, turned the ball over a lot. They got a good margin, and uh, it, it'll be it'll be a tough tough. This might be one of our best games of the whole bowl season, and I look forward to it. But I'm, I'm going to give Stanford in a nod. I like TCU. They're 19th in yards per game allowed on their defense, and I just like that against Stanford's 23 points per game. I think that this TCU defense is a little bit underrated, and I think that they could put on a strong performance and. They have a home field advantage, no doubt. Being in the state of Texas, in San Antonio, compared to Stanford, I like TCU's home field advantage and this Kenny Hill quarterback. 21 touchdowns and only six interceptions. I'm choosing that quarterback any day. Mm-hmm. I, I still lean on Bryce Love. I appreciate what you said there, Smack. If Bryce Love is healthy, it's going to make a tremendous difference. So, and, you know, he's made a decision, unlike Christian McCaffrey, that, um, that he wants to play with his teammates in the last game. And I think that that is a, it's one that, uh, that he, you know, give thought to. And I mean, really the entire Stanford team probably did because, you know, their, their teammate from a year ago left them. And so, it, it, they're 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 making a statement in in the fact that the last college game at Stanford is important, and uh, and I uh, I I think that there's some of that going around. I think that Dave Shaw David Shaw's also recognizing that this is an opportunity for the Stanford team to say goodbye to one another and enjoy saddling up and, and riding one more time as a Stanford uh, Cardinal. We'll see how it turns out. Isn't it a little bit wild that you raised a daughter that gets 99% of her football knowledge straight from you and then proceeds to disagree with you? <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, the, the pupil and the master right there. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> Let's the, go to the Cotton Bowl. I love this matchup right here in Arlington, Texas. It's a great one, two traditionally powerhouses, 
and Ohio State versus USC. It's kind of the battle of the teams who got snubbed in the college football playoff run. Yeah. I uh, I think USC has the potential with uh, Sam Darnold, Darnold to make a great um, push offensively. I think that they're I think they're dangerous. I think they're they have explosive athletes. I think they're they're better on defense. But I don't know how much they want to play. I don't know that this is is this is their I, I mean, I just I don't you know, lining up in the middle of Texas and and uh and and I'm not where I would think that that Ohio State team for some reason, maybe it's a uh, an Urban Meyer pick. Um I think that I think that what they did in the Michigan game basically they got some of their explosive players on the perimeter and got them the ball and if they can do that against USC and run the football with that big offensive line from Ohio State you know in inside the tackles I just think that uh they they have a really good defense, and it's gonna. I, I like Ohio State. I, I I pick Ohio State, and I think it's gonna be very close. Mm-hmm. John, doesn't this remind you a little bit of a Rose Bowl? Yeah, you know, I, I got to get my arms around this. They're playing in the heart of Texas, and uh, they should be playing in Pasadena. So um, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's the twilight zone for me. But uh, obviously, you know, SC's got a lot of athletes. They got Darnold. Uh, they can play. Uh, they've been getting better as the season progressed. Ohio State, you know, JT Barrett, this is going to be his last game. I mean, he's been there 10 years, but uh, this will be his last game. I think he's going to go out with a bang. They got two running backs, Dobbin, who's from Texas, and uh, Mike uh, Weber, who's from Detroit here. Uh, they can run the ball. They're physical. They got enough athletes, uh, you know, on the perimeter. And then defensively, they have a lot of veterans uh, who can play. Uh, and they, they will come at you. Uh, they got a lot of guys who will be playing on Sundays on their defense. There's, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of great talent running around that field. And, and to Les's point, like, I wonder how much, how much they want to uh, – SC wants to play is it as important to them as it is to Ohio State, who last year had a tough, tough bowl game there. And I think there's um, – there's some taste in their mouth that they want to come back and redeem themselves from what happened last year. And, uh, you know, SCs can rush the quarterback, but, you know, Barrett's a guy who's slippy, who can get out, and who can make plays with his feet. And so he'll be, he'll be able to handle that, that rush. And I think it's going to be a huge, great game, and uh, there'll be a lot of action up front. But uh, I think in the end, Ohio State's going to, going to win this game. I agree with you completely. I'm all about the – Angry Ohio State team coached by that Greg Sadrawa line and the Urban Meyer defense, and we're ready to go. I see that being all Ohio State. Let's go to the Fiesta Bowl, Penn State versus Washington in Phoenix. Penn State's ranked ninth in the country and Washington's 12th. They're both 10 and 2. What do you guys think? The uh, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, I spent the uh, evening with Ben uh, Smack talking about the great running back Saquon Barkley at Penn State and he he went to sleep and you know late in the season against some of the better teams and uh, I, I wonder I, I think he's a, a he certainly has great speed 
I think he's a um, has some physicality. Uh, I think he's really a very, very good, good back. But whether he's a difference maker in a game like this, I'm not certain. And uh, I, uh, you know, I I know Penn State better. I know the style. I know James Franklin. I I mean, I f- I feel comfortable uh, with Penn State with the uh, uh, they got a quarterback there that's uh, gonna gonna throw it uh, pretty damn well. And uh, but the Washington has really had a great year. And uh, you know, I, I I like the idea that they they got a defense that can play and they play as a team. And I think this this. Uh, this Peterson is just doing really a good job coaching. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a real pick, a real leaning one way or the other. But if I if I have to, if I'm stuck to make a pick, I'm taking uh, the uh, Penn State team. I think Penn State. Um, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a difference maker. This will probably be his last game, right, in a Nittany Lion uniform, and I think he wants to go out with a big statement. Um, McSorley can make plays. We've seen him. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sleeping on Washington at all. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, they got a good defense, a really good defense. And, and if, you know, if Moorhead is focused, uh, he's a great offensive coordinator. We've seen a lot of evidence of that. I saw it live and in person when Michigan played in Happy Valley. And, uh, you know, he can make a difference. And, and, and you would think that he'd want to make a statement as he goes out as well. So I, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a real tight game, and if I got to lean, I'm leaning towards Penn State in this one. Washington hasn't gotten much love this year, and I think it's because of their skill position people. And I think that Penn State wins that battle there between their receivers and their running back. Let's go to the Orange Bowl, Miami versus Wisconsin. Miami's ranked 11th, Wisconsin's sixth in the country. So this is a great high matchup. Well, John. If this Miami team gets as fired up for the um, Notre Dame team as they are fired up for the Wisconsin team as they got when they played Notre Dame, the Catholics and convicts, Miami's going to win. <laughs> there isn't any question. They were just just. Uh, you know, they're playing down there at uh, South Florida, down there in Miami. So they, it doesn't take much to get them uh, to get the turnover chain out there uh, down there in Miami. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It'll be very interesting. They are second in the country in turnover force. And, and it's, it's really made a, it's made a difference. I like I like the idea. And somebody's got a turnover belt. And somebody's I mean, uh, you know, somebody's, if you're, if I was Auburn, I might have a turnover war eagle. Um, you know, you could you could do a lot of things with that turnover thing, right? But uh, I uh, I, th- I think Mark Rick has done a great job in preparing his team. I think Wisconsin. Um, you know, having a, a very, you know, difficult loss to take against Ohio State kind of shows them that their skill level and their talent is not quite what Ohio State's was. And now they're lining up against the second team in the ACC and it comes from Miami and they're playing in Miami. And Mark Rick understands you know what it's going to take to get that team focused. I, uh, I I like Wisconsin. I think I think the Wisconsin's defense is great. I think they got a great back, a big, strong, physical back, and uh, 
I think it's going to be a tight game. I really do. I I, uh, I recognize that they're going to that Miami's at home and and all the skill that they have, but I I just I just think that Wisconsin is going to make a difference, and he, and they're going to say, hey, listen, that was last week. That was a very very good Ohio State team come to play in this uh, against Miami, and I think I think if they do, I think they can win. So. I think it's close. I think it's a pick 'em, um, but uh, I'm going to lean towards Wisconsin because I just think their defense is going to play physical, and that's going to be a dull blade for Mark Rick. He's not going to be able to just turn and, and and light him up. And so then, if Wisconsin can get that that big back going and maintain the ball, it makes for a Wisconsin day. Yeah, both teams have, have kind of been a little bit underappreciated. You know, they both had chances to to get to the to the big dance, the Final Four. Um, you know, athletically, you know, Miami has has gotten all over them, and they're also, you know, playing down there as we've mentioned. Uh, but Wisconsin, that offensive line of Wisconsin, they're road graders. Uh, they can possess the football. I think if uh, Hornibrook, uh, Alex Hornibrook. If he can not make uh, throw bad interceptions as he's done at points this year, uh, and, and he can manage the game, and then they get their running back going there, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and they got enough skill guys on the outside where they can mix it up. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real interesting game. I, I do think in the end, Wisconsin will prevail, uh, but I would not be at all shocked if if Miami got them. You know, especially the way they play down there and. You know, this is a game that that uh, they can make a huge statement that they're that they're you know they've had a great year, probably a little bit unexpected to be as play as well as they have over the course of the whole season, and if they put a cherry on top of the the Sunday against Wisconsin, uh, that would send a big message going into 18 that Mark Rick has got these guys ready to compete at the highest level. So uh, again, I think it's going to be real tight, but I, I do think Wisconsin probably in the end. If they don't turn the ball over, uh, may, beat, may beat them. But uh, there's not a better team at turning the ball over than Miami. So, uh, you know, we, may, we, we see the chain out there a lot on, on, uh, on that day. Uh, it's going uh, to be a, a Miami Hurricane uh, evening. And I think that's exactly what is going to happen. I am a little bit concerned with the inconsistency of Alex Hornibrook. There aren't many quarterback stats that I really like to judge a quarterback off of because of the intangibles not being factored into that. But I do like the touchdowns to interceptions stat, and he has 21 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. And I look at that as making the exact right decision and making the exact wrong decision, and I think that's way too even of a stat there. I would like to see it much more like, 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions as opposed to 21 and 15. That is too close. And I think that this is a statement game for Miami. Both Florida State and Florida have gotten new coaches. And this is Mark Rick's time to take over the state in recruiting and say, we're going to be the Florida team. It's a big deal. It's great recruiting territory. And if you win that battle of in-state recruiting in the state of Florida between Miami, Florida, and Florida State, you're going to have a great team every single year. And so this is Mark Rick's time. He's gotten them going incredibly this year from where they were last year and before they had Mark Rick. And this is their time, and I think this is going to be a Miami team that is up for the game and ready to get that turnover chain out. 
Now we're into 2018, guys. Let's get into these New Year's Day Bowls. The Outback Bowl starts at noon, and John will be there, Michigan versus South Carolina and Tampa. John, are you excited about this one? Can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a blue day. I can tell you that, Smackers. <laughs> How do you see it coming out? I think Michigan's going to beat them. I feel real confident we're going to beat them. Uh, we came off a tough two losses to Wisconsin and Ohio State. Both games, I think we felt <clears throat> we could have won those games. And uh, I think this game will be a true statement of what we can do and what to look forward to in 2018. I think Brandon Peters is going to be healthy. He's going to come out and have a big day. Uh, I think we're going to be able to move the football better than we have a lot of games this year against uh, South Carolina. And defensively, I, I, you know, they're a decent team, but to me they're nothing special, and I think we'll be able to, to lock them down with our defense. They won't be able to handle the pressure we'll bring. And I, and I just believe uh, for a lot of reasons, motivation being one of the big ones, and we're going to come out and make a huge statement uh, on New Year's Day down there in uh, Tampa. I like it, Dad. This is a uh, th- this is the style of game that uh, that Michigan will have success in. The uh, I uh, Will Muschamp versus uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think that uh, I think the advantage goes to the the Michigan team, and uh, but. Uh, Jake Bentley is a tremendous quarterback for the uh, for the Gamecocks, and um, Michigan is an injured team. And um, if you recall the Javon uh, Clowney hit this uh, last time that these two teams played, um, that will be a uh, there'll be some memory there. But I think the I think that the defense, the Michigan defense, will make a difference. I think that they will get to the quarterback, and I think that that is the Achilles heel for South Carolina. If you can if you can pressure Bentley and uh, not allow them to move the football throwing it, then I think you can win the game, and I think Michigan can do that. So I agree with John. Hey, hey let's let's be clear on Clowney's hit. I want to make sure. He did come through unblocked. While it was a great hit and it was a highlight hit in the ESPN, he did come through unblocked. So let's not get too carried away. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that this guy was uh, Superman. That's not what I'm saying. But when, when, he, when, he, I know. when he got there, he at least delivered a hell of a blow. I mean, I mean. The, he did. He know. did. You can't take that away from him. That was a, uh, that was a blow that uh, dismembered the ball. Yeah. And, uh. The head from the running back, and it was a uh, it was a highlight film hit. There's no doubt. Yeah, and you know what? You could not even really call it targeting because this thing was just like you're saying. The offensive lineman went the wrong way. They 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 didn't try to attack him, and you know two steps, and he's on the and he's on the back. So I uh, I I agree with you. I I don't know how uh, how influential he was in that game um, last time they played but uh, that hit was just like you're saying was a a was that was national football college football news I like Michigan in this one I think they'll be ready to go 
the seniors will be playing hard and they'll want to end on a win. And this is big for recruiting for both programs. Being eight and four, you get to nine and four, it's a pretty good year. You get to eight and five, it's a little bit shaky in recruiting. So this is serious. And I think Coach Harbaugh will come out on top same day, a little later in the day, 30 minutes later on kickoff. We have a 12:30 kick for Auburn versus UCF in Atlanta at the Peach Bowl. Um, to me, this is all Auburn. But what do you guys think? It's going to be real interesting. If Auburn takes it seriously and decides to pound them, and I think Gus, you know, with his new deal, was is probably. Um, looking at uh, making a, a statement here. Hey, listen, we didn't make the playoffs, but we are that team. And um, I uh, I think he'll get their attention. But um, UCF, I think that they will also play extremely well. And uh, I think this will be a uh, – I think this will be a really good game. I think the difference is the uh, offensive line for, for Auburn and the, and the big back can run and uh, – the quarterback is, you know, Stidham is a tremendous quarterback. Sam Darnold and Stidham, in my opinion, and obviously Mason Rudolph are the, the throwers of the class. And um, so it, it'll be interesting to see um, then the Auburn defense matching up against the uh, UCF offense. And, and they have a nice quarterback, and they've, they've, they've put it together very well, and I would think that um, the uh, Coach Frost would be there in attendance and running the show for his last uh, bowl opportunity with an undefeated uh, UCF team. So uh, I uh, obviously I think Auburn's going to make the difference, but uh, I think it's going to be a closer game than I think. I think the I think Coach Frost is. Realizing that you know this is the uh, I'm going to say goodbye to this team. I want them to win. You know, I think you made a great point. It, it is, is if Auburn takes it seriously, right? Um, obviously, athletically they're superior, um, and if they come to play, it's going to be difficult for UCF. But you're talking about an undefeated UCF team has had the greatest season ever down there. Coach Frost would love to leave them, you know, with a great taste in their mouth. He's done a great job down there. And I think, you know, being the only undefeated team in the country, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And the fact that, you know, they're going to travel real well. I guess they sold out all their tickets and, you know, everybody's fired up about, you know, coming down there um, and and going against a great Auburn team and and a great program like that. And I I just think, uh, you know, that Central Florida offense is, is crazy. You know, averaging 550 points a game. You know, Auburn's defense, you know, is is good, but uh, and they played against tough competition. You know, there's always the question of when there's a month layoff, right, from your your last game you played to the bowl game. Can you recreate that magic and that continuity that you had finishing the season strong? And if, if Central Florida continue in that vein. Um, it'll be an interesting game, but in the end, you know, the odds are Auburn will prevail. But if Central Florida starts hitting on all cylinders and if Auburn doesn't take them as serious and thinks they can just show up and beat these guys, you know, they're going to be in for a, a long afternoon. Yeah, if they, don't, if they don't take preparation serious, 
if they don't uh, if they don't recognize that that really they're 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 putting their they're posturing themselves for next year, they better they better wear this UCF team out. It, it, I think I think the UCF team also carries another banner. It carries the banner of that 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 great conference champion in the perimeter that might well deserve to get in the college playoffs. And if they beat Auburn, that makes that makes a statement for all those teams because Auburn, you know, play here or there, they're in this game. They're they're in the playoffs. So uh, right. um, it, it, that that will be a, an important game, even if it may not be a close game. That'll be an important game uh, for the the uh, those folks that you know, like you said, John, the best. Um, record that they ever had. It's tremendous. Just finish now and, and make a point from the, for the playoffs. Well, Les, if you have eight teams, right, they'd be a strong consideration for one of those at-large three. Just like last year, you could say, you know, what Western Michigan was in the same position. They ended up playing in the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin. They were undefeated, 12-0, conference champ. So I, that's where that's where I think there's a, a strong argument uh, for expansionism uh, to reward a team like a UCF or a Western Michigan that goes undefeated, does everything they're supposed to do, and has a chance to go compete against the big boys now in a playoff. I think Coach Frost is great. I think he has a really well-coached UCF team, but I bring my perspective. And if I were Gus Malzahn's daughter sitting around waiting for a bowl matchup, and you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know exactly. Sometimes you know what conference they're coming from. But I always knew what we were getting in the SEC West. We were getting physically capable teams that were going to bring their best game against a rival or a respected opponent in what was LSU. And if I'm Coach Mazan's daughter and I get a 10th-ranked UCF team, so a top-10 matchup, on a team that I know we can physically manhandle this team, I'd be pretty excited about that matchup. You get to beat an undefeated team that's ranked in the top ten in the country and feel pretty good about walking around the hotel and walking around their hotel and seeing that our guys are bigger and look faster than their guys. I'm always going to go with the the big dog in that one. Hey, Smacker Miles, just, just recognize this. You are Les Miles' daughter, and I'm thrilled about it. Proud as I could Thankful be. Thankful for um, it. Every a, time. A, a do not pretend that Gus Malzahn would enjoy you as a daughter as much as I enjoy you as a daughter. Yep. Absolutely not. Time for the Citrus Bowl and two teams that we talked about a lot this year. Notre Dame versus LSU in Orlando. LSU was there last year. They're back again this year. Both teams are 9-3. and three. What do you guys see on that one? Well, I, uh, I I think the if the LSU team puts um, if they play their best team, I think that their defense is one of the best defenses that they've fielded. Period. I think the uh, the uh, Dave Aranda defense is spectacular. I think the time that uh, um, that Notre Dame will have to prepare. For, for Matt Canada's motion stem shift uh, offense should benefit them over time. And uh, I think our tailback 
and they have they have a big uh, running back as well, big physical guy. I think our tailback is by far and away the LSU tailback, uh, Darius Geis, is much better, it, more likely to hit a home run than than their back. And uh, I uh, I uh, I lean strongly to the uh, LSU team. I. Uh, it's 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 a big physical Notre Dame team with a big tailback, a running quarterback, a a a quality defense, but not the same defense that that LSU can put on the field um, at Notre Dame. And so, you know, I'm it's 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 an easy pick for me. I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Tigers. Tigers win. John. I'm with you, Les. Um, I think the fact that um, LSU has just continued to get better throughout the season and the strength of their defense and the fact that Darius Geis is the difference maker in this game, you couple those three facts that, you know, Notre Dame had a nice season. They they won some games. Uh, They kind of got exposed down there in Miami. Uh, They're coming back to Florida. Uh, I don't think they have near the athletes that LSU does. Uh, and then to try to compete for four quarters down there, uh, I don't think they have enough difference makers to go against that LSU defense that they're going to need to beat them uh, in Florida to win this bowl game. And, and I, uh, I agree that I think uh, I, I lean heavily towards LSU in a game like this. I agree. I think it's all LSU. I think that, Darius playing in the bowl game is something that I would expect him to do and something that I'm proud of him for doing. I think that's the kind of guy he is, and I think that'll show on the field as the team rallies around him. And whether or not he comes back is still unknown. I would guess that he would make the financial decision to leave. But I think it's still a big a big move to play for your team and play in the bowl game. I get the reality of injuries and the financial investment that you're risking but I like Darius and I like the team rallying around him and I agree with John that that the athletes are better at LSU so I think they do it again this year in Orlando John as as always great friend uh thanks for for being with us and um uh, I enjoy your insights and but um I'm gonna say Merry Christmas even though we're gonna get together again uh, in and around that uh, Christmas season, I don't want to take a, uh, a chance that uh, that I don't that I don't say Merry Christmas, Smacker Do, my girl, uh, Merry Christmas, and to all those people that are listening to the podcast and do so regularly. Uh, thanks, God bless, and Merry Christmas. The Players Tribune. Dot com.